Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. Thank you for joining us. I am excited to be here. The Housing Hour, here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host, and also uh, just a friend, really. He's one of my friends, one of my buds. We are friends. And uh, we're excited to have you into the studio with us here today, and we're excited about our show that we have going today, and just a lot going on in, in the world, and a lot going on. Uh, within just the city, a lot of defeats that we're suffering for, by the hands of Georgia State, but we won't go into that. Um, but anyway, uh, today we're excited because one of our favorite, I'd say, well, I don't want to make any favorites, but close up there. We have a bunch of them, but she's right there. She's right up there. There's no doubt about that. Um, today we have Yvonne, the tax cat, in studio with us. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for coming in again to be with us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me out. Of course. And this is, um, I wouldn't say this is off season for you by any means, but you know, you, are you through most of your initial uh, work with the, with the February? I mean, we're already now in August, you're in planning stage or September, actually. Actually, it's been a really busy tax year. Mm -hmm. We had, uh, three uh, army units deploy locally. Mm. So, uh, they returned Two of them returned in May. And uh, then our Army Aviation just returned from Kosovo uh, last month. So very busy time making sure that they get their tax returns filed after they return home and get home to their families. And we help them um, get the uh, financial side handled with a tax return. So it's been very busy, and we're approaching, of course, uh, corporate tax deadline for extended is September. Uh, well, it's 16th this year because the 15th falls on a Sunday. And then, of course, October 15th, the individual extended deadline. So, mm-hmm. Well, then you are busy because there's always a deadline, right? There's always something coming. Exactly. And there's always one in between of the ones that you know about, you know, if like April 15th. You know, there's mm-hmm. uh, other deadlines that go on all year. and all kinds of stuff like that. So today what we're talking about, and there's a lot of people in Knoxville that do have this in their um, kind of their skill set. And um, we're all, you know, in a lot of ways, we're, we're all entrepreneurs at heart. I think that that's something that we all possess, maybe that isn't just in our blood. Um, we want to, you know, do things that are going to help others, but that are also going to help you to do what you're passionate about and also, you know, live out the American dream, which the American dream can be defined many ways for many people. But for me, the way I define it is, is that I can be of service to someone else and that I can also live out what my core values are, you know, and I want to treat other people the way that I want to be treated. And the opportunity to do what you do, you just mentioned the, the military folks that you help is one way. But also a lot of what you do is help guide people and help them realize what dream and, and what goals they have in their lives. And and one of those could be, you know, purchasing a home to rent. You always talked about in the past, you know, talk to me about what your goals are so that we can sort of arrange and align your tax planning around what your vision and what your strategic mission is. And um, today we're going to talk a little bit about 
owning a rental property, what may be some of the pros and cons, things that you need to be thinking of. And then we also have a very special guest all the way from Nevada. <laughs> we have in studio your dad, right? Frank, or I'm sorry, Roger Franz. Franz, thank you so much for you coming in as well. Uh, and thank you for spending time with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And you have car lag because you came all the way from Nevada in the last, what, 24 hours, I'm assuming? Is four, that four days? Four, it takes four days. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I, I watched the um, movie, you know, Vacation in just like three hours. So you think it doesn't take that long. But anyway, Roger is in studio with us, and that is um, Yvonne's dad. And he also is going to share some of his best practices from the landlord standpoint and owning the property standpoint. And then Yvonne's going to talk to us from that tax standpoint as well. So why don't we first do this? Why don't we allow Yvonne, why don't you give us sort of the 30,000 foot view? of some of the big picture ideas as it relates to properties like what we're talking about. I think when you're discussing the tax side of that, a uh, couple different things is um, making sure that you have all of your paperwork in order, um, definitely having a very solid paper trail with regard to rental property mm-hmm. is extremely key, not only for your own record keeping, but also as it comes to deducting things on tax returns, as well as the most critical piece of uh, having a rental property is, in fact, its basis. Mm-hmm. What is your total investment in that property? So, yeah. so- it's an extensive discussion about all the things that should be tracked and kept and and so forth. And I'll go into that a little yeah. bit. So, and, and so, Roger, let me bring you in on that point, because one of the things that I know that that you mentioned to me and also in some of the some of the notes that I have here is about having a lawyer review all of the information. Um, talk to me a little bit about what your process is. Just initially, because Yvonne looks at things through that prism and that lens, which is so vital, then you also have a little different perspective. And and an attorney um, has such a vital part of this process, um, as does an accountant. So if you don't mind, talk to me about what you the sort of the, the first few things that you think of when you're when you're making this plan. Well, the lawyer is very essential and the lawyer has to be your advisor legally. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the type of person that you need in order to review your contracts and your mm-hmm. agreements and your leases to route you the you know the proper way. The two essential people in the business are lawyers and also your accountant, mm-hmm. our tax person, right? And, and your daughter, and it which guides is your you to success. And actually, it's like guardrails on a highway; mm. they keep you going the right uh, way for success. Before we move on, what what can you tell me about having a trusted advisor? Because sometimes, you know, there's, the, let's face it, some people, they think about, you know, an accountant and a lawyer, and it's like, oh, it's a headache. You know, I don't want to have to deal with those folks, you know, which is just a misguided assumption. But um, you don't see it that way. You see them as trusted advisors. Somebody, like you said, the rail, you know, protecting and giving you guidance and keeping you um, on the right road. Um, can you help others maybe see why that's so important? Unless you have the experience yourself, you need people to help guide you. Mm-hmm. It's like having a mentor. Right. And, and you need in order to make sure that you have uh, everything, you know, done properly. Mm. 
-hmm. and that there's no hiccups along the way that can cost you money out of pocket because you didn't know. Right. So you need that advisor and they pay for themselves. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, An advisor can have, I guess, many different hats that they wear. You can have an accountant who's an advisor. You can also have a lawyer, which is also an advisor. Um, You're going to pay for your services that you, that you receive. But when it comes to keeping you on the right road, there's nothing more important than staying on track. If you didn't have that guidance, then you may get off at exit 302 and really you need to get off at exit 310. And before you know it, you're 16 miles off course and ways isn't going to get you back. Right? So having a trusted advisor and, you know, frankly, we look at that from the mortgage perspective as well, because having someone that has already traveled down that road and has seen and helped other people travel down that road. That's such a key. So I like very much that when I looked at your notes, that one of the very first things that you said was, you know, Hey, look, and this is what I hear you saying. I don't know everything. I, I know a lot because I have talked to you off air for a minute. I know you know a lot, but I don't know everything. Is that a really good place to start from? Pretty much that's the truth. Yeah, that's right. If you're getting uh, into this from the get-go, then your uh, experience is going to, your lack of experience is going to cost you money. Mm. So for people that want to really invest in multiple units, Mm. you need a property management company to help Mm -hmm. guide you as well and Mm -hmm. control it. Now, if you only had one or two, then you can pretty much learn you know, by yourself in a way, you know, that you still need the lawyer to help uh, guide your paperwork. Mm-hmm. But as far as uh, anything larger than that, the property management company actually makes you more money on the bottom line. So what do you do in all this? Because it sounds like you've got, I'm just kidding, but I mean, <laughs> but that's really the part of it that I like so much because you have, I mean, looking at it from uh, an entrepreneurial standpoint, you have an idea, which is a mission, a dream, a value. That's what you want, where you want to go. But you're not saying, Hey, I can get here on my own. Like I need other people to help me get to that point. And you've, the first thing, two things you mentioned was the attorney and also the property management firm. You know, I know people who, and, and Mark, Mark is the poster child for this because he told me from day one, you know, I'm going to hire a, a realtor, even though he was one when he buys a property because they know the pitfalls of the current situation. And so what you do, what you've done, has also bled in, in in a way to what he's talking about. You always, My father always told me, hire people that are smarter than you. Right. So that's been my goal in life. Right. That's true. That's true. And the property management firm, is that is that selection process, we're going to go to a break in right here in a second. But when we get back, I'm going to ask you this question. So it is a property management firm. Um, Do you have to do a lot of homework? Don't answer it now. But how do you go about finding one? That's kind of where I wanted to go. Uh, We are here in studio with the tax cat and her father, Roger Franz. Am I pronouncing that right? Okay, that's good. And I'm here with Mark Griffith here on the Housing Hour. Guys, we'll be right back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. 
Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is, again, Kevin Wright. Thank you for joining us. Mark Griffith here with me, our executive producer and co-host. Uh, we also have Yvonne Kautz. Is that how you pronounce your last name? It is. Oh, my goodness. And Roger Franz. You guys have some great names. I love it. Um, and Roger was telling me a little bit about his last name. It's Aust- Austrian, I think you said, and also yes. German. And the T came from the Austri- Austrian side. No, the, that's the, the German, German, German side. Sign. Interesting. I love it. Um, I tell you, Roger is a very unique individual, and I didn't expect anything less now that we, we know the tax cat over here. She's got <laughs> quite a quite a bit of cool things as well. But um, And Five Star Holdings is the name of your company, right, Yvonne? Is that the correct name? That is correct. And you do anything from helping people with their tax planning and estate planning and things of that. No, not estate planning. Tax correct. planning. That's for attorneys. But you could, you could <laughs> advise somebody where to go. Do you work? with folks i sure do Uh i sure do i have a couple of very uh wonderful attorneys cool uh, that i've worked with personally it's all about personal relationship and um the people that uh we entrust with Mm. very important things Mm. such as legal matters Mm. Uh, absolutely it's got to be about that personal relationship yeah and that would be the same thing because that's the one thing mark equating it to mortgages for instance um we at MIG, I mean, one thing that I always made sure that I did, whether I was in a BNI group or what, whatever it was, I wanted to have people that I knew I could refer out because I trusted them or I'd seen their work. And when you, and it kind of goes to the last part of my, um, this last segment, the property management firm, um, is that something first? Let me ask you, do you, when you have a client that comes in trying to, playing around owning an investment property, um, do they sometimes ask you, hey, do you, do you know an attorney? Do you know a property management firm? Or do they find that prior? It can be both. Yeah. Some people will ask for a referral, mm. and I tell them, interview as many as you like and um, make sure that uh, you go prepared to those meetings, yeah. that you have a list of things that are important to to ask. And, Dad, I'd probably say that's that's how you would do it, too. Well, let, let me ask you, Roger, because you you definitely want somebody that is marketing your property appropriately. Tell me some things you look for in a property management company. Basically a reference. Mm-hmm. You know, and First and foremost, that's to get through the gate. Right. And then once that you find out who they are, then you got to do your homework. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you get on the Internet and see how many stars they mm-hmm. get. Oh. And, and, uh, Is it five stars? It's uh, up to five stars. Right. Okay. And then you look at their specialty. What did they specialize in? Are they really great at taking care of the properties, making sure the clients are taken care of, the properties are repaired on time? Mm. And uh, then also about collecting the rents. Mm-hmm. And uh, my uh, firms have always paid my bills for me mm. because they have better control than I do. Right, right. right. They, uh, you know, they get the rents in, and everything is done on an automated scale. That's the way I would want it. You just send right. me my my profit, and then we're happy. Right, <laughs> right. It shows up in your bank account. Right. Uh, but basically, you know. You've got to have a firm that knows how to collect rent. Mm-hmm. And what we do nowadays, because we do have the electronic process, you can actually pull the money for the rent out of the renter's uh, checking account mm-hmm. or their debit card account. Or like whatever. an ACH payment. Right, it's an ACH process. Yeah. Right? Which is cheaper for everybody, frankly. Yes. And quicker. Right. Yeah. And then uh, my uh, uh, part that I like is the fact they pay my 
mortgages for them too. Wow. So, so those are some check boxes. If you're out there listening, those are some key ones. Correct. Mm-hmm. What about, I mean, do you go in, I'm sure you go into their website. You, you almost want to experience it as the user would experience, like the customer experience when you go onto their website. Are you looking at that? You know, what is their, you know, website like? Is it user-friendly, stuff like that? Most of them are. You know, mm-hmm. the Internet has really helped in order to display your properties for Thank land. goodness for Al Gore. Right. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, you, you know, they basically make it very easy for you to operate. Mm-hmm. And most of them have a very good website. They'll be maybe uh, representing Hundred, maybe two hundred homes, mm-hmm. and then which you know I would only have ten of those, right? And but uh, then they'd be all listed on their website, and then if you're looking for a particular area or schools zone area, you know, then you can plug that in there, and we'll tell you which one of these houses are, are in that school jurisdiction. So we're, that's very important. Oh, absolutely. So at this point, because this is actually very well written out whoever did this thank you for the notes because at this point we've chosen let's say we did find we had the lawyer review everything we found a property management firm we found that that firm that we chose had the niche that we were looking for and they are the company that we we chose you know of course we didn't talk about getting the actual property that could be another show but to the point of you have a property that you want to use when do you bring into this a P&L situation? Like, okay, what do I need to ask for rent? You know, what have I spent already on updates? And how much is it that I can depreciate? And when do you bring that part of it in? Pre, pre-attorney or, or post, you know, selecting the property management firm? I am working on that right now. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm here in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at the properties and assessing what it's going to cost me uh, you know, as far as the rent is concerned, the property taxes, and I might go the route of uh, townhomes mm-hmm. or condominiums, and then I have to find out exactly what my costs are going to be with uh, you know the association fees. Mm. So, is your mission? Gosh, I don't want to get off target here, but because everybody has a reason for what they do, like um, they have the. I mean, a lot of people know what their how is, you know, and what why they do what they do and how they do it. But my real reason for doing things, there's something always a little deeper than that. Because yes, we want to make money. Yes, of course. But we also want to serve a need, right? Because you can, you feel like you can do it better than maybe this other person, still make money, but be able to provide this person with an outstanding experience. Is that at all in your? Of course. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Because then, <laughs> then you don't have the turnover on your renters, right? You know, and the longer they stay, the more money you make. Hmm. That's something for us all to take note of, because if you treat the customer right and you do what you say you're going to do, then guess what? That is the best way to get referrals in the entire world. You know, people want to spend money on advertising and marketing and traditional media and all that. And that's all fine and well. But unless your process is on point, unless you have a good product, and that's why the tax cat has been so successful, the people that we've referred have all had glowing reviews, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. And even my mother-in-law used you. She 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 loves you. So that's a really big key to it. You had a question? Sorry. I do. Because you're when, over here. I don't know where you are. Well, um, my question, Roger, is uh, when you're looking at these properties, you're talking about a regular long-term renter. Have you ever contemplated 
Airbnb or vacation where they're renting week to week? Is that the same process that you're describing? I can't you wait to through? hear this. I can't wait to hear. Yeah, that. you're subject to more damage. Uh, it's exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a quick it's like a turn, car rental turnover, and they don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, from the landlord's point of view, it is a uh, riskier type operation. Yeah, because you think about, you know, VRBO, I guess, yeah, it's fine. We can say that. Or Airbnb. Nothing wrong with them. Again, I mean, I've used them, but you 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 know when you rent the car from Avis and you get it from the hotel and you throw your stuff in there and you're not just, con- you're not thinking about how am I treating this car? It, it's not that you're not, it's not that you're treating it badly. It's just you're getting to wherever you need to go. And the concern for the car is secondary to what your objective is. With what you're talking about, they have a little more ownership interest in it. Absolutely. And they have also paid some money. They have skin in the game. You bet. Yeah. Elaborate on that because I see that you have some real opinions about this. On which part? Do you well, want? because you could easily throw a couple of these properties on uh, Airbnb or VRBO and maybe get a little quicker hit and maybe be able to even charge a little bit more. But I think that the point is, and I think you've already made it, is that it depends on what your goals are. If you're okay with the property, maybe coming out of this situation being a little less than perfect, hey, that might be the route you want to go. But that's not what you're doing. That's not your goal in all of this, right? In long term, you want the best return Mm -hmm. on your investment. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I found that having uh, single family homes and condominiums support that. Mm-hmm. But when you have something that turns over clientele very, very quickly, they don't care how they leave the place and they don't care about what they're doing inside of it. Mm. And so, therefore, you've got to come back in and clean it almost like brand new again before you rent it to the next person. And that takes time and money. Right. And you hire, again, to the point, you you part of the property management package that you get, and this is just part of the contract, Okay, yeah, we've got someone that's rented the property, regardless of whether it's short-term or long-term. Part of that, I'm sure, is um, somebody coming. Or do you do the maintenance? You seem like the kind of guy, since you built homes to resist earthquakes back in your day. You, do you do that, or is it going to be someone who you hire to do that? I don't do it anymore. Right. Well, I wouldn't either, even if I did do it, <laughs> because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but, no, that makes more sense, because you can be out doing something else that would be of more benefit to where you are currently. Um, in your life state, you know, maybe getting into a property, you know, and doing that Mr. Miyagi type of maintenance that he did at that apartment complex isn't exactly what you're into right now. So that makes total sense. Um, wow, this is really good information. We still have a couple of more segments here with Roger and Yvonne. So, guys, if you want, stick around with us. We definitely want you to give this feedback to other friends and family members. It's going to be on the housinghour.com. So we want you to share that. Uh, stick with us right after these messages. We'll be right back. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. Thank you guys for coming back in. Uh, We have Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host here with us. Also, we have Yvonne Kautz, who owns Five Star Holding. It's a wonderful company that helps you with your tax planning files your taxes, gives you um, incredible guidance. And uh, for the veteran out there who might be listening, um, she definitely has a specialty as it relates to the things that you go through in in your life, and she wants to be available to you. We're going to have her information all on our website, so you can reference that um, as well. 
And we have also in studio Roger, Roger uh, Franz. He is the father of Yvonne, which is a great um, person to meet. It's been really nice getting to know him a little bit. This is something that we um, put together because it's so cool to see people wanting to go out and buy property and manage property, but you just can't go out and do it haphazardly. You have to have a plan. And so Roger has helped walk us through a few points of the plan, and we're going to continue down. And I want to talk a little bit about um, contracts. Um, uh, for some reason, I thought that would be a good way to go because it is. Um, contracts, are those negotiated directly with, let's say you have a property management company. Um, do you give them sort of a threshold of, hey, this is kind of what I'm looking for, or how does that operation work? How does that part of the equation work? Local laws dictate what the okay. contract is about. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have essential clauses in there to protect yourself and the renter. Mm. You know, and that's what the law is all about, is to making sure that it's fair and equitable for mm-hmm. each side. And I'm sure there's certain laws that govern from a federal standpoint, you know, certain, you know, housing requirements and so forth. And then the state part of that as well. But the property management company should be pretty well-versed on both, would you say? Or is that something that you bring your attorney in on at this point to review? The property managers have what they uh, use. Mm -hmm. Uh, Theirs has been more or less derived out of their own experiences, the laws, and their lawyers. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, if you have a property management company handling everything for you, you're going to follow what they do, but you should have it reviewed by your own lawyer. So, yeah, because I I recently was in Charlotte. We had a branch that opened up, and this is commercial, so it's a little different. But um, that was one thing that was a little bit of a, you know, I had to learn on the go because they had different types of laws that governed, you know, what they could and could not, uh, the length of the lease and, and, and what your, you know, your clauses were as it relates to how much money you put down. There was uh, several things that we had to sort of school ourselves on with our attorney that we have. Um, but for you, are you going to have, cause everybody has a different goal, but are you going to have a minimum amount of time that the lease is for, or are you going to allow for a six month lease? What's your thought on that? Um, on what, what term? The length of the lease is really judged upon the uh, way the local economy is, mm. whether oh, okay. it's on a roller coaster or not. Because uh, in Texas, where I have, uh, you know, uh, one of the companies, uh, the property taxes went up eighty four percent in three years. Whoa. Oh. And so with the laws that are there for the leases, you can't raise it fast enough to keep up with what's going on with the property taxes. That's and interesting. So, yeah. and, and so there's a problem there as far as how do you build your budget on something you don't really have control of. We need to connect him with Tom White to help with any specific areas that he, because you're, you're going to be buying properties here. In yes, my, yeah. I am. Tom would be a great person. I saw him at the Tennessee camp to connect him with because he, you know, he talks about there being markets within markets and then understanding like what is the market that is going to, and they'd have to do, you know, rent marketable analysis on what the rent could be because they do investment property appraisals. Um, but anyway, that would be a great person for you to network with um, in the future. So another thing that you suggest is to, um, and, and my question is twofold, take photos before the renter moves in and after they move out. Um, and the condition report, it's just like anything when you, you know, rent a car or you rent a house, you know, that you want to know what it was before you came in and then what it was, does the property management company normally handle that? Or does that need to be handled on the front end by, by yourself? 
No, the property management company would do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, you you need to have that in order to have access to that security deposit mm-hmm. because that is what the uh, situation is about. Is the security part, you know, deposit is their money, the renter's money. You're mm-hmm. not allowed to do anything with it, but put it into an account underneath you, that contract. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, you know the uh, the renter moves in, then you take the pictures, and you also have a checkoff list of mm-hmm. inspection, and they sign it. And then the reverse of that happens at the other end. You go back in, you take pictures before you do any cleanup after they have left. And then you do a checkoff list Mm. and then you have a meeting with them because they've already left your property and you explain to them under what laws that this can be done, that they owe money out of the security, you know, deposit for damages. Yeah. And Kevin said, you got to have the proof. Yeah. Right. Roger, let me ask you a question though. Um, What is normal wear and tear in the eyes of a renter versus the uh, eyes of the owner, how do you judge what's normal wear and tear on the carpet, the walls, or whatever when you go to judge that? I know the property manager probably has a set of ideas, but you probably have a set of ideas too because it's your investment. How do you judge that? Basically, damage is like somebody putting their hand through a wall. Or they're breaking off, uh, you know, doors on cabinetry or something like that. You know, something is more difficult to repair. Mm-hmm. Uh, standard wear and tear, let's take carpets. Yeah. Okay, carpets have a life between five and ten years, depending upon the quality that you put into the unit. Mm. Okay, and by the same token, the quality of paint, can the paint be washed a little, little bit? That's why I use semi-gloss, because it's a little easier to keep clean. So normal wear and tear, I'm uh, quite lenient on. But if if they actually did physical damage to the building, then... Well, I mean, like if I spilled a cup of coffee and stained that, that rug, I mean... That's am not I, wear and tear. I, I, is I that, am but it's stain, normal. I am the stain master. Yeah, I love I, it. Uh, my mom taught me how to get stains out of clothes, and I use it on the carpets in the... <laughs> wow. But I mean, you cool. wouldn't say uh, the renter's got to replace all the carpet because normal life happens and they drop their coffee and stain a rug i mean it's a negotiation actually gotcha mm-hmm. yeah you know? because it depends you know on how bad this stain is and would it be better for them to because i mean that is a big deal because people do spill stuff all the time would it be better to get that taken care of on the front end before you move out or just let it go you know those are questions that you just have to work out on a case-by-case basis i'm assuming well that's why you have the inspections now right. also on the list that you have there we inspect the properties every six months. Oh, okay. We actually okay. go in, we make an appointment, and we have a checkoff list that we go in and we inspect and make sure that you're taking good care of your assets. And then do you have a meeting with them if there's issues? or Absolutely. Is it, and do you do that face-to-face or is it an email? Or how does that work? Usually the property management company has a person that does this. I like that. I like that. And that could be part and of... And they're very good. Yeah. And that would be part, in my mind, when I'm hiring a property management company, how do you want those type of things to be handled? That should be a question in your questionnaire and how it is that the property management handles those six-month you know, inspections. You know, if it's doing it face-to-face or whatever, just depends on what you, what you want to see. And that should be a question that is asked. So, should should a, um, uh, a landlord, an investor ever negotiate repairs with the renter like saying hey i I, i'm good at uh plumbing 
you know, I can I can fix this for you. <laughs> I see Actually, majority of the floorings, uh, especially when people now want the wood floor slats, mm-hmm. you know, majority of uh, my floors were put in by the renters. Oh, and, so you, and so, I discounted it. That's see, awesome. that's that's pretty so, cool because yeah, it was a win win. I love it. I'm, that's very awesome because you know you want quality repairs, but that's more of an upgrade. Um, and, and segueing into the repairs that you talk about, you don't want just any repair like a patch job. You want to make sure it's done right. Is, is that is that more of a philosophy of yours? Because some people would say, "Well, no, well, let's just let's just cover that up," you know. But you say do quality repairs. Well, it has to be quality. Mm-hmm. Because if that renter moves out and another one's moving in, that's going to be an expense Hmm. where I will have to, uh, you know, pull a whole section of drywall down to make it look right again. Right. Okay. And so, uh, you know, those kind of things do happen. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, I pretty much do the repairs, you know, the property management company. So when and this is this is an interesting question. If you find that the property management company, have you ever had a situation where they just miss something? Absolutely. And and who's liable for that? <laughs> We're back to the table of negotiation. Right. Good. I like it. We, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we try to work it out. Yeah, because not any the, nobody's perfect. Yeah. the The biggest expense in having income property is the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. That is something that has to run twenty four seven, and we all know it, right? Do you do you tether um, or I guess manage what the maximum is with the new technologies like Nest and things of that nature? Oh, that's no. a good question. Well, well, I think that is an interesting one, but we're we're running out of time in this segment. We have one more segment in this last segment. We're going to finish our talk with Roger and then bring Yvonne back in and talk a little bit to her as well so this has been an excellent discussion continue with us right after these messages Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget, you can go to thehousinghour.com and find all of our shows, past shows, current shows, any series that we've done. Share it with friends and family. We'd love for you to do that. We're also on social media, so you can go to facebook.com slash thehousinghour. Um, and also Twitter at The Housing Hour. You can find Mark on Pinterest. So we're back in here with Roger. We're talking about all things as it relates to being a landlord, owning properties, uh, having a property management firm, but you also being very um, involved in that whole process. And uh, Roger, thank you, first of all, just again for coming in and sharing all this stuff with us. Thank you. It's been very, very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And we kind of want to wrap up because i want to bring yvonne in as well but i I wanted to talk just real quick if you're concerned maybe whatever that might be and and do you let people have pets at all yes okay so you you suggested those you know every six month type of inspections could those go you know maybe quarterly what's your feeling on that the standard is the six months Mm -hmm. and then if you feel that that six month one needs to be uh shortened 
because there is some problems, mm-hmm. then you can go to quarterly. Mm. And that's ri- the language that's written in the contract, yes. that it's to your discretion. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. That makes definitely a lot of sense. And when you're doing all of the things that you're doing, and there could be repairs throughout the year on the, you know, that the customer has either um, helped you find or maybe they've caused, obviously some of that is going to come out of their deposits. Some of that's going to be stuff that you just pay out of pocket. You know, air conditioning breaks down. That's a, that's a property. That's a product. And, and I don't know, is there warranties that you can buy as a renter that could help cover that? You know, we've had folks in the past where there's been, you know, a, a warranty on appliances. Do you get involved with any of that? Uh, not yet. Yeah. But my uh, financial advisor over here, right. my daughter and I have been talking about looking into that yeah. to see if there is some sort of a insurance program that would uh, help cover these losses. Yeah. Mark, you might be able to recommend some. I don't know what you... I use Choice Warranty now. Yeah. Um, I find them very helpful. Yeah, so that's a good person to plug in with. But Yvonne, um, I know that you're probably just in the midst of thinking through that piece, but there's a lot that you have um, sort of available in information. Um, and a lot of the information that you provide is so vital to the success of what like what your dad's doing and a lot of it's done on the front end. Some of it's done midstream. Give me, give me some of the key things as it relates to following your taxes. What are some things that you need to know and just being able to try to put all this together? Well, the first thing I would say is that rental property is done on a separate schedule. Mm -hmm. So it attaches to your 1040. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's called a schedule E uh, for rental income and expenses. Mm-hmm. So you need to track absolutely everything. Uh, when those payments come in from the renter, you want to be sure to um, record those. You need to have a separate bank account for the operating of the rental uh, so that um, you can utilize bank statements uh, You know, as uh, proof of um, the income as well as all of the expenses for the rental property should be run out of that uh, operating account as well. There should be no commingling of personal funds and rental property funds because it is essentially operating like a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so therefore, also keep absolutely everything. Uh, if we run to Home Depot and uh, we uh, have to buy, uh, you know, even just the smallest thing. We had to buy a hammer or something to do a repair. Absolutely keep everything. Even if you think it might not count, mm. it's uh, very important to have receipts uh, and also bank statements uh, that uh, support anything that goes on to the tax return. Take a, take a picture with the app you recommended last time so you don't have to keep the paper receipt, right? And that Absolutely. I have a question. Uh, as far as these expenses, if you have multiple homes, like Roger has several homes that he owns, do you keep records? For, I mean, can you, if you go to Home Depot, do you buy just for 110 Johnson Street mm, and then point, keep that question. separate? Or do you buy or, you or have to buy you a hammer? For, do you have to buy a hammer for each house? <laughs> <laughs> but you see, that's, that's, it's a that's good question. It's a good question. It really is. I actually I am a very big proponent of the minute you are standing at the register, you write down next to the items exactly where they are going if it is a multi-property situation so that you don't have to remember six months down the road where did that Home Depot charge technically need to go as far as which property? So you do it right then and there. 
That's a good that's a good question. Now, as far as the hammer goes, what if you're using it for multiple properties <laughs> or any type of equipment? Do you just do like a cross uh, type of situation where you have a, a weighted scale or percentage? Or actually, um, it is uh, what would be considered like a GNA general mm-hmm. and administrative expense, gotcha. and so those are added and spread between multiple properties. Mm-hmm. So whatever that total cost is uh, for tools, you know that could be mm-hmm. um, in each property's uh, column on a Schedule E, as far as you know that hammer was used in several different right. properties obviously but you so. can't you like if you wanted to buy some big ticket item let's say um a printer or something like that i'm going to print flyers for this but then you're really using it for something else you would never do that you would associate the percentage of use for that business and that business alone you could probably have that printer but you would say okay 10 percent i use for this is that customary yes your business use percentages are very important it's the same thing with uh, vehicle mileage you may have mileage going back and forth to these properties Mm -hmm. you know either to conduct repairs conduct uh you know uh, inspections if you are doing that yourself Mm -hmm. um and it could be to collect rent you know, if you went over to pick up a check. Uh, so keeping track of, um, you know, all that information and making sure, you know, I recommend mileage tracking applications. Right. Those are really helpful. Yeah. Let the machine do the work because the phone's going with you everywhere. Exactly. So. <laughs> and, and what about a home office? Like, because if he's doing his work out of his home, your home is 2,000 square feet. Your office is 300 square feet. You can actually, maybe I'm asking the wrong question or maybe it's the right question, but you pay interest on that home. You have expenses on the home. Isn't there a prorated percentage that you can write off with this business? There, there is a percentage, but the uh, use tests uh, are very finite with the IRS, gotcha. meaning uh, there can be no other business going on inside that office it's got to be exclusive use Mm -hmm. uh, as far as you know we don't sit and pay you know personal bills in in that same office it's got to be absolutely uh exclusive use i like it now depreciation is such a you know it's a weird subject for some because they don't well my house is not going to appreciate but that's not really what we're talking about um talk to me about how depreciation works as it relates to this absolutely so you've got a large asset this Mm -hmm. rental home now you can't write off the whole thing in one year Mm -hmm. uh, because it's got a life and the life for that that the IRS has assigned is 27 and a half years. Mm. So whatever your purchase price is and your material improvements, your large improvements, those are not deducted at one time. They are divided out over 27 and a half years. Uh, Some of those improvements can be uh, smaller um, years as far as the number, like you put in a fence, that's 15 years that you're going to depreciate that out. So um, a lot of confusion about that, you know, as far as uh, you know, I put 20000 down. Do I get to deduct that now? No. Uh, it's going to be that depreciation arrangement. Mm, so it's just how we choose the words and how we define it because a large down payment or a down payment is depreciable, but it's not really something that's depreciating. I guess that's where the confusion is because you're utilizing funds, but you can also use that as part of your business expense, right? The issue is basis. Uh What is the total cost of that home? So if the home costs $200,000, 
then you, you're going to depreciate that over 27 and a half years. You cannot depreciate the land. You mm-hmm. can only depreciate what's sitting on top of it. Uh, so you have to find yeah. out your land value, subtract it out, and then uh, the improvement sitting on that home, you know, on the land, the home itself right. and everything in it has to be considered for depreciation. So you got a home, it needs a deck. You put the deck on, that's a 27 and a half year deal, or is it not? Because that's it's shorter. So similar to the fence, the fence is something that you said was 15 years. It may fall more in line with that. You recommend online platforms too, QuickBooks, things like that? Absolutely. Uh, so you've got some online, uh, you know, functional, uh, very functional programs to help QuickBooks. As far as recording income and expenses, you can actually categorize that by property. So you can actually see a P&L of buy property mm-hmm. for your entire uh Function. Uh, property wear. Um, Dad's a big fan of that one. Mm. So property wear is great. Um, Zillow rental manager is also out there yeah. as far as, um, you know, making the uh, property available and people can look at it and apply for it, etc. You know, it would be great is if somebody had a class that helped people understand some of this stuff. Do you know anybody that I do. What? No. I do. I'm teaching a class down at the University of Tennessee uh, through their non-credit uh, department. It will be in February. That catalog will come out soon. Come oh. down and catch that class. The tax cat has done it again. And also for Roger, thank you for coming in. Also, Mark, for setting this up. Eric, for producing. Guys, connect with us on thehousinghour.com, and we'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.